Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the best healthy breakfasts for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. So a common question that we get asked about how to lose weight over 40, not only by our clients inside of our program, but just by people outside of the program is, what is the best thing to eat for breakfast if you want to lose weight as a woman over 40? We have worked with so many women in their 40s and 50s who felt stuck because they didn't know what breakfast would set them up to get the scales moving and see amazing results in the mirror, or even whether they should have breakfast at all or whether they should just skip it. So lots of people ended up you know, eating things that they thought were healthy for breakfast. And a lot of those are some of the normal breakfast options, which it turns out are not actually amazing. And then many of these women would step on the scales at the end of the week and see zero movement. They'd be looking down at the number and just think, you know, nothing's changing, nothing's working. Or maybe they'd even be heavier than before. When you're not seeing any results, it's very hard to stay motivated. And that's why a lot of women end up giving up, leaving them stuck, unable to get their weight under control, having to choose clothes to cover up problem areas rather than wearing the things they like, hating shopping for clothes because nothing fits quite right anymore, especially in the more kind of trendy shops and staring at a wardrobe full of clothes that they can no longer wear. And just worrying that this was all just part of the aging process or something they'd have to accept. And the reason that this happens is simple. So women's bodies and hormones start to change as they get older, which can make it easier to gain weight, especially around the middle area, and harder to lose it again with normal methods of eating and exercise. So a lot of the options for breakfast just don't really work for women over 40. A lot of the things which are, you know, they might not be amazing for everyone, but if you're already over 40, already going through those hormonal changes, they can really put the brakes on you seeing any results. But when you know the best foods to eat for all your meals, including breakfast, foods which will definitely work when you're in your 40s and 50s, you can quickly and easily get the scales moving and drop two stone in a little of 12 weeks. And in today's podcast, we're going to reveal the best breakfast options for women over 40 so you can do exactly that. So before we get into kind of the best breakfast choices and maybe some of the ones to also avoid, we're definitely going to cover that as well because that's important. I want to go through the basic principles of what you need to do with your nutrition as a woman over 40 to see good results, to lose that one to two stone every 12 weeks, like Ben said, like people are able to do inside our Fit Over 40 program if they follow what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing that you need to do, there's actually three things that you need to do. The first thing is you want to avoid hormone disrupting food. So there are certain foods that kind of wreak havoc with your hormones, especially for women in their 40s and their 50s as their hormones are starting to change and this can happen years before kind of official menopause five to ten years before so even if you don't go through clinical menopause you don't have a period for a year that's what clinical menopause is at age 50 or 52 or something like that which you may not know when that's going to happen for you if you're younger than that these changes could be happening at age 40 or 42 you know early 40 so you want to avoid foods that are going to disrupt your hormones and make the hormonal changes worse all those side effects worse so the key foods are what we call the wads foods so that's wheat alcohol dairy and sugar or wads and um, we do this using a process called the diet makeover inside our fit over 40 program where we cut them out for one to two weeks to kind of break the cycle with these foods because if you eat too many of them 
especially if your body doesn't get on with them. And that's what we kind of help people to discover in the diet makeover. It's going to disrupt your hormones. It's going to make it much, much harder for you and your body to lose weight. The second thing you need to do is to get the right nutrients in the right quantities for you. And the first thing, the first kind of nutrient you need to get in the right quantity is your calories. And most people kind of aware of this. They know what kind of, maybe not know exactly what calories are, but they know it's something they need to think about. But what people often don't think about is protein and fiber. So they're really focused on eating less calories, just think less is more. But actually, you need to eat the right amount for you of all of these things, not too much and not too little. We call it the Goldilocks principle, because if you eat too much, you can't lose weight of calories. But if you eat too little calories, you can actually stop yourself losing weight. Um, you can disrupt your, your hormones. You can spike cortisol, which we've talked about in other episodes, and that can actually cause a lot of negative side effects. You also need to eat the right amount of protein. And with protein, most people don't eat enough. And if you don't eat enough, you're going to be starving hungry all the time. You're going to eat that meal and then an hour later be hungry and then eat some more. And you're, you're going to be more tempting. You can have more tempting cravings. You're going to be battling against those cravings all day and you're much more likely to kind of go off plan. And then fiber is very similar to protein. It's not quite as powerful in terms of making sure you eat the right amount um, uh, in terms of filling you up, but it's still quite important in filling you up. And again, you need to eat the right amount. A lot of people don't get enough. So it's not just about calories. It's about getting the right nutrients, calories, protein, and fiber for you. And this is specific to your body weight, your body type, your age, your height, your hormonal situation, your dieting history. And we do this again inside our Fit Over 40 program by giving everyone a bespoke midlife nutrition plan. So we work this out individually for every client. It is going to be different for everyone. But what we'll talk about today will make sure it kind of will factor in. Yeah, we'll give you useful advice to, even if you don't know what those things are. And then the last thing it needs to do is also is, is it needs to specifically work for you in your changing hormones. So things like meal timing, whether you have breakfast or not, needs to be right for you. And for some people, it's right to skip breakfast. And for some people, it's not. And we kind of figure that out on an individual basis with clients. Some people, they'll skip breakfast and be absolutely fine. They can go to lunch and they don't overeat at lunch. Other people will skip breakfast, but then they're so hungry that their energy is all over the place. They end up snacking on biscuits or chocolate or whatever they can find or crisps. Um, they have a, they eat way too much at lunch or they eat way too much at dinner. So we need to figure out that. We also need to optimize things like caffeine, stress, any other um, hormone replacement therapies needed as well. And we call this process holistic fine tuning, um, HFT. And there's a lot I've talked about there, but we call this whole process. So those three things, avoid hormone disrupting foods, get the right nutrients in the right quantities and um, make it work specifically for you and your hormones. We call this hormonally balanced eating and the breakfasts we're going to talk about today are basically ones that will you know be be right for you if you're a woman over 40 and they'll kind of embrace this hormonally balanced eating approach we're going to avoid those words foods in the things we suggest to you most of the time we'll tell you if, if there's any reason why there's kind of a an exception um they're going to avoid disrupting your hormones as well and you should be able to get the right nutrients in the right quantities with these breakfasts as well so It'll meet all of those essential requirements. And you do need these. You may think this sounds a bit complicated. It's why we do this over 12 weeks with our clients and why we work it out for them um, inside our program. Um, but it's not as complicated as it sounds. And after 12 weeks, most of our clients, you know, they they know exactly what they need to do and they're 100% confident maintaining it long term. And obviously they, they lose, typically want to so as well. So let's get into it. Ben, let's start with what to avoid. What breakfast should people avoid and why? So we've come up with a, a good list of things that people should avoid for breakfast. Uh, when we say avoid, 
I would say don't have these as your like, this is my go-to breakfast every single day. Um, we do believe in balance though. So, you know, let's say somebody goes to a nice hotel or something or that it's a special occasion. I would definitely, you know, you can, you can allow some of these things on occasion. It's just like, don't have these every single day for breakfast. So one of the most common ones that I think most people see as a, a sort of a go-to food for breakfast is having toast. And the problem with toast, the main problem with toast is that a piece of toast, that piece of bread is essentially just all carbs. It's all carbs. And then you take this piece of toast, which is all carbs, no protein, uh, no fiber, none of the things that you kind of want in your breakfast that are gonna fill you up, no vitamins, no minerals. And then to make that toast edible, because let's face it, nobody can eat, well, some people can probably eat plain toast with nothing on it, but most people, you wouldn't eat a piece of plain toast with nothing on it. So then you either have butter and jam, which I mean butter is just like spreading a load of fat on it, and then jam is just like spreading a load of sugar on it. So it's just carbs with fat and sugar, again, no protein. Or you might have, um, you know, Nutella, again, all sugar. You might have butter and marmalade, we've got fat and sugar. There's not really anything that you put on toast which is not gonna be just either fat or sugar. And the problem with this is you end up with quite a high calorie meal, mainly made up of fat and sugar, no protein, no fiber, which is not very filling at all, and all just made up of those foods that Rob, that you talked about before, that are gonna disrupt your hormones and stop you from seeing the best possible results. The other thing with toast is it's also quite easy to eat. Like you could quite easily eat a few hundred calories worth of toast. I don't think there's a, an amount of toast that I couldn't eat. If you put 10 pieces of toast in front of me with butter and jam, I could probably eat 10 pieces of toast, no problem. But if you went for something that was more filling, as we'll go through later, a few of the better options, I would struggle to get through the same amount of calories, 100%. So next one, and I'll go, I'll go, through, uh, I'll go through the first three. So the second one to avoid, another very, very common one is cereal. So just like toast, the problem that we've got with cereal is again, it's all carbs. So it doesn't have the right nutritional balance and the right nutrients in the right quantities like we talked about before. Again, there's going to be no protein. There might be a bit of fiber added to some cereals, you know, the kind of healthier, less tasty ones. Um, but for the most part, cereals are very calorie dense. They're very high in carbs. And again, they're very easy to overeat. Like, for example, if you look at any any packet of cereal and you see the calories on it, they might have the little the little nutrition, I don't know what that thing's called, the little good food guide thing with like the traffic light system on it, green, orange, red. It might be green on some of them, the calories might even be green, but then you could read into it and you see that actually a portion of this cereal is like 30 grams with a very small amount of milk. And when you actually make up the portion, as it says on the box, you end up with the smallest bowl of cereal in the world. It's just something that's, it would never fill anyone up. It wouldn't even fill up a, fill up a child. So what people tend to do instead, you don't tend to weigh your cereal out. I wouldn't. You just tend to pour it out, fill the bowl up, fill the bowl with milk. And before you know it, you've again got a couple of few hundred calories there, which is just all carbs, very dense in calories, easy to overeat, and it's not really going to fill you up at all. You're, you're going to be full after you've eaten it. But by the time you get later on to the day, getting towards lunchtime, you're going to be ravenously hungry again and just be be then likely to overeat later in the day. So the third one I'm gonna cover is, is, it's similar again to cereal, but this one is, there are certain cereals which are marketed as being a bit healthier than other cereals. The reality is most cereals are not healthy. There aren't really any cereals on the shelf, any of the normal ones which are actually very good. But you know, they, they put all these pictures of like, you know, 
whole grains on them and like fruits and all sorts of things. The reality is what's really in them is like dried fruit that's been covered in sugar so it will preserve in a box without having to be in the fridge. Um, I mean, think about how quickly, if you get a, a piece of cereal, like for example, um, Special K or something, you get those little strawberries in there. How long do strawberries really last in in the real world? Like five days or something? How long does fruit and fiber last? It lasts years in a box without even being in, in the fridge or anything. And it's because they've had to, you know, cover those strawberries in sugar, make them all, it's, it's all just processed food really. But anyway, another the next one to avoid is granola. So you'll see a lot of granolas that look kind of healthy on the outside of the packet, but really what they are is they've just taken cereal, which we've already discussed and said is not the best option, and then they coat it in fat, and then they like cook it in fat, basically. So it's like cereal with just extra fat cooked into it. So one bowl of granola can be as much as sort of 700 calories which if you're a woman over 40 who's looking to see results with your fitness, that could be between like half, like a third and half of your daily calories. It's going to be more than a third. It might be sort of, you know, 40 to 50% of your daily calories just in a bowl of granola. And again, because it doesn't have enough protein in it, it doesn't have enough fiber, it doesn't have much sort of nutrition to it. Even if you eat half your calories in the first meal of the day with that bowl of granola, you still might be starving before lunch. And you still might be likely to then have a normal sized lunch, normal sized dinner. And before you know it, you've eaten way too much food and then your weight's going to creep on, especially when combined with, with the hormonal changes that may also be making it easier to gain weight. So those are three key ones to avoid. I'll go through another another few kind of common ones. So another really common breakfast that people will try and have is like a, a, a 0% fat yogurt. So like... Um, what they call now like a ski yogurt is that really old school a muller light things like that um they'll try and try and have those because they're not many you know they say like 90 calories on the packet and that's great they're not that high in calories but they kind of have to make up for the lack of fat and fat actually helps to fill you up your brain will your, your hunger hormones will kind of be triggered by eating fat because there's none in it they're not really going to be triggered so it's just all carbs and all sugar and very low in protein or relatively low in protein so it's just not going to fill you up again it's going to like give you a burst of energy but after an hour or two, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be raiding the cupboards again for a snack, you know, an hour or two later. So it's really not going to sustain you. It's also high in dairy and not everyone gets on with dairy. So that's one of the things we test with all our clients in my program is to see if they actually get on with dairy or not. I personally don't. So again, if you don't get on with it, it's going to disrupt all your hormones. It's not going to make your body feel good. It's going to give you low energy. All things you don't really want if you want to try and lose weight and, and, and move more and be healthier. Next thing, this is quite obvious, but like croissants or pastries, if you're eating them every single day, if you're like going into your local Costa and you're grabbing a pastry and a, and a coffee, for example, you might get like a latte and a, and a pastry. Unfortunately, pastry is made from flour, which is heavily processed, very calorie dense. If you think of a bag of flour, it's pretty heavy for its size versus like, you know, I don't know, some, some um, kind of trying to think of another thing that's, that's that size and that's lighter. Most other foods. But like flour is pretty dense. So flour is high in calories. It's then mixed with butter to make the pastry. 
um, and then sort of rolled up and then maybe a bit of sugar as well. So it's it's all carbs, it's all fat again, just like Ben was saying before. There's no real protein in that pastry. So it's gonna be like four, 500 calories, like a whole meal's worth that you could have a really filling meal of, but instead it's just this like empty calories. It might be a bit smaller, it might be like 300 if it's a smaller pastry. But then if you tell, you know combine it with a latte, a big latte from one of the, um, the classic like Starbucks, Costa, any coffee shop, that's gonna be another 200 calories minimum as well all of empty calories, not filling calories, can be dairy as well, which I said not everyone gets on with. So again, it's just gonna be this this really calorie rich thing with no filling protein in it at all, no fiber at all in that either. You could have breakfast biscuits. This is another thing that I despair when I see them on TV. There's like the Belvita biscuit adverts and they try and have someone really thin eating this Belvita biscuit, some sort of young model. The reality is all that biscuit is, it's no better than that. You could just eat digestives or hobnobs or even sweets for breakfast. It's not that different. Like there may be a tiny bit of fiber they've added into that to fortify it, but there's still no protein, which is much more filling than fiber. And it's all carbs, it's all sugar as well. So it's gonna be this flash of energy and then you're gonna be craving more. And you probably get through that pack quickly, which is what they want because they haven't put anything in it to actually fill you up. And then the last one, this is a bit of a rogue one, but let's say you're at a work conference or away for the weekend. A full English breakfast, you probably know this, but it's also not really going to be a great choice. You're probably not eating it every day, but if you do pick that at the weekend, it's just a, a lot of very fatty meats. So things like sausage, again, processed meat, bacon, processed meat. They're very high in fat, high in calories, um, like could be mushrooms cooked in loads of oil, tomatoes cooked in loads of oil, fried eggs cooked in loads of oil. All of that really adds up. So it's going to be like your whole day's calories in one meal. So that's the last thing I'd say to avoid. So to sum all of these up, they're all very high in carbs. This is a kind of a, a general theme for what makes breakfast not great. They're very like high in carbs. They're relatively low in fiber or they're kind of artificially fortified with fiber. Isn't being as good as a natural source. They're very high in calories um, for, for really how filling they are, most of them, or even if they're not that high in calories, they're just not filling at all. And all of these foods that people eat typically, they're like pouring petrol on a fire. They'll give you a quick burst of energy, but if you want to sustain it, if you want that energy to last, it's really not gonna work. It's like pouring petrol on the fire, there's a big flash of energy, there's a big flash of heat, and then it's gone, and you need to pour more petrol on the fire to keep it going. And this is why people end up snacking all morning or blowing out at lunch or blowing out at dinner because they're not eating enough at breakfast. So what is better, Ben? Like, What can people eat that is gonna work better for women over 40? So the overall, what is better? The first things, we just wanna make sure they are um kind of the opposite of all of those reasons that you said the other ones are bad. So we want something which is, you know, has a, a you know, doesn't have too many carbs in it. It's not kind of overly biased towards carbs. You want something that's lower in calories, but still filling. You want something with plenty of fiber. You want something with plenty of pro protein. You want something that's gonna keep you full and keep you satisfied through the day so that you're not likely to keep snacking on other things before lunch and later on in the day. So. What are those things? So the first one is we've got six different options here. Uh, the first one is porridge. So oats. Oats are, I mean, there are there are probably cereals that contain oats in them, but just just the kind of raw standard oats that you get, the bog standard oats, are they are a carb source, um, but you can add things to them to make them a bit better. So. You know, you can have your standard oats, cook it with whatever milk you want. You can have dairy milk if you tolerate that well. You can have any other milk, you know, oat milk, coconut milk, etc. Milk substitutes if you tolerate those better. Um, 
And then one thing we like to to suggest to our clients, it's in one, I think it's in our recipe book, is like a protein porridge. So you can cook your oats as normal, you microwave them, make them as normal, and then put a scoop of protein powder in. And then you've got a breakfast which is, it has carbs in it, because it's, it's, it is oats. But at the same time, you've got a scoop of protein powder in it, so it's got plenty of protein. Um, the oats also contain a lot of fiber as well. So it's high in fiber, high in protein, and that will then fuel you and keep you full for the rest of the day. And if you wanted to add some sort of, you know, vitamins and minerals in there as well, maybe you could put a few berries into it. So you can have a protein porridge with some berries on, and that's a nice nutritionally balanced breakfast that's gonna keep you full going forwards. You can also make your oats in a different way. So this is something that I'm not a huge fan of, but Rob, Rob has done, which is to make overnight oats so you take your oats, you mix it all together with all of the different ingredients. I think Rob mentioned doing one with cinnamon, with apple, quite a nice tasty one. And then you leave that overnight and the oats kind of soften and absorb um, some of the liquid there. But any kind of oats really are a, a pretty decent choice. You, you can also, we will talk about breakfast smoothies in a bit as well. You can sprinkle a few oats into a breakfast smoothie as well to add a bit of fiber into that. But oats all around are an excellent choice. The, the other reason that oats are also really good that we probably should have mentioned earlier is that oats are not processed or heavily processed. If you think how an oat comes off a... I can't think of the grain they're on now. Is it still... I'm not sure. I thought they were just oats. <laughs> <laughs> they come off the grain, whatever the grain is called. Um, I had a complete blank. As they are, they, they look like the grain, right? Whereas if we think of other cereals, like if you had to make a breakfast cereal at home it'd be really difficult because you've got to first cut, turn the wheat grain into flour and then you've got to turn that flour into the form of the, the cereal most of the time. And that's a lot of processing that goes through that. It, the more you process the food, the more easily it's digested, which means the more quickly the energy it like comes and goes, basically, the less sustaining it is. Whereas oats, they're basically just how they come off the, off the grain. Have you figured out what the grain is yet, Ben? It's just oats, I think. Oh. That's why we're stuck. They, they genu <laughs> genuinely are just oats. So the oats, the oats come as they are. You're eating them as they are, which means they're kind of contained in a way nature meant them to be, which means they're going to be more difficult to digest, which is a good thing for losing weight because your body's going to struggle to digest them more. It's going to then take longer to digest, which means you'll get a more sustained um, release of energy. And this is what a kind of like a, a low GI food is versus like a high GI food. So a low... Uh, a low GI food will digest slowly, which means it will release the energy more slowly. Cereals typically are very high GI, whereas oats are much lower. So that's another reason why, again, they're going to sustain you for hours, whereas cereal might sustain you for an hour, an hour and a half at best. The next thing... I've, um, got, I've got a... Oh, yeah, go Before on. you go ahead, I've got an exciting fact about oats here. Let's go. That per, per year in the United Kingdom, we produce... Um, 1.08 million tons of oats every year. There we go, locally sourced. Which, which is a lot. We're the one, two, three, four, sixth biggest producer of oats in they the world. They always say Scottish well. Scottish oats on the packages, don't they? A lot well, of it's United Kingdom, I guess, yeah. A lot of that could be Scotland then, couldn't it? Well, thank you, Scotland, yeah. for your oats. So porridge is a great one. <laughs> um, the next thing that could be good if you combine it with the right thing is a no-added-sugar muesli. So you've got to be very careful with muesli, but... The ones to go for are basically the ones that contain a lot of whole grains like, I know a lot of cereal says they contain whole grains, but it's then been processed, so it's not really the same. 
but a lot of muesli will actually just have the oats in there and any other grains they put in there with any sort of barley and things like that it's just as it is and again that's going to be hard to digest you also won't assimilate all the calories from those so your body will have a harder time digesting it so there'll be some of the calories and it's similar with protein you don't take in all of the calories from it so this is why with our um with a hormonally balanced eating approach, we look at more than just calories. We look at they're getting the right nutrients as a whole, so protein as well, fiber as well, things like this, because it's not just about calories. So the pros, if you get a good non-added sugar muesli, so it's got no extra sugar, is there's not too much sugar in it, and it should have all these whole actual whole grains, not just marketing whole grains, that digest more slowly, so it'll keep you fuller for longer. The disadvantage is it can still be relatively low in protein and they can have quite a lot of nuts and dried fruit in which can bump the calories up again so try and pick one with not too many bits of dried fruit in even though i know they're delicious um and then combine it with a protein source to make it really good so have that with a protein shake have that with um with some eggs i know a couple of um a couple of members are on watching live and um Karen said she had all bran almond milk and protein powder and raspberry so she's combined that all bran which is a higher calorie cereal um but a higher fiber cereal, sorry, which is better. And then with a protein shake to make it filling and then added in the raspberries as well, which will add a bit more fiber in there and a few more vitamins as well. So that's kind of a good way of combining something like a no added sugar muesli in the same way. I'll let you go about into smoothies next, Ben. So the next one then, smoothies, is, it's quite a broad category really because your smoothie can be, you can put whatever you want in the smoothie. Um, you can make a smoothie, some breakfast smoothies, especially probably, I imagine ones that you buy may not be the best option. So for example, I can make a smoothie where I go for like whole milk, bananas, like two bananas, honey, peanut butter, oats, and you could easily make, you know, a thousand calorie smoothie for breakfast if you wanted to. Um, but depending on the ingredients that you put in, it can also be a very quick option that gets all of those those essential ingredients in and is not too high in calories. So a good option would be uh, one based around the protein shake. So protein powders in general, all kind of protein shakes, all that's really in protein shakes, it's like, a, it's like the byproduct of making cheese. So when they make cheese and they, you, you've heard of sort of the curds and whey, they take out the curds from the cheese and they they make that into your cheddar or whatever. And then that liquid left behind is is the whey. And they basically dehydrate that into a protein powder, into a powder, add a bit of flavoring to it maybe to make it a, nicer to drink. The unflavored ones are okay, but they're not amazing. Um, but it's a product which is very high in protein and it's very high in like good quality protein that your body can take in. It can absorb very easily. It can be used for building muscle tone. It can be used for... Um, recovery after workouts it will keep you feeling full and as as Rob said before when you eat any protein that you eat like 30% of the calories that you take in from that protein are used in digesting it so overall if you eat a higher in protein diet you'll stay feeling full and you'll also see better results in terms of losing body fat but protein shakes then so if you just use protein as the base for the smoothie you can have protein powder then you can add all sorts of different things you can add berries in there which again low in calories you can add ice to make it to make it cold to make it kind of more enjoyable you can add things like chia seeds or flax seeds to add some fiber in there and then you can use an almond milk as the liquid and you'll have a smoothie which is relatively low in calories which is high in protein which has got some vitamins and minerals from the berries which has got fiber from the chia seeds or the flax seeds and also um, 
I think you, I think it's um they have good omega threes in the chia seeds I think as well yeah so you overall you get something which is very very good for your health which you can just put together in two minutes blend it put it into a protein cup and take it with you out the door like it's it's the quickest breakfast ever um and that's a very very good option that ticks all the boxes the other type of smoothie you can do as well would be like a green smoothie now a green smoothie is the best way to make them I found is if you can find a supermarket which sells you like spinach so frozen spinach that tends to work quite well. You do tend to need, if you use frozen spinach, quite a high-powered blender though. So you're gonna need like a, a high-powered blender to make that nice and smooth and delicious. Um, but you can do a smoothie with, I, I'll often do one with spinach, uh, maybe some frozen mango chunks or like a banana, a squeeze of lime, a squeeze of lemon, and then together, maybe a bit of ginger as well. And that tends to be quite a nice kind of greens-based smoothie. You've got a little bit, little bit of sugar in there from the fruit, but you've got loads and loads of vitamins and minerals from the from the spinach. You've got loads of fiber from the spinach as well. Um, so that one is, it's not too high in, in protein. I wouldn't recommend personally putting protein powder into a green smoothie. I just think it's a, it's a weird taste to have like, I don't know, chocolate protein with like a spinach flavored smoothie. But to make this kind of a nutritionally balanced breakfast, you can have your green smoothie, which will be filling. It's very, very good for you sort of health wise. And then just make a protein shake on the side. So have a small protein shake just just protein and water just you know as it comes which personally i think is i think they taste quite good the the protein shakes these days definitely as an iffy ones in the past when they're a bit more of a newer thing but these days most protein shakes are quite delicious but if you have a protein shake and then a green smoothie those two things together will be a a great option for breakfast i found vanilla protein is okay with like that combo like mango and spinach and stuff um but chocolate's a bit a bit of a weird clash so yeah, you've got to experiment with those. So the next thing you can try is basically any variation of eggs. And I know not everyone loves eggs, so you don't have to do this. Like the point of all these different ideas is you can pick and choose the one that works for you. We actually just recommend you repeat the same breakfast most days because it's way simpler. Most of the people we work with are really busy. They're in back-to-back -back meetings all day. They've got loads of decisions to make at work all day. Maybe managing a team. They don't have time to be thinking of a new breakfast every day. Ben and I, we're running the business. Look, we've got lots of lots of clients we're helping. Again, we don't have time to be coming up with a new breakfast every day, so we don't either. Um, so just pick one of these that sounds best to you and, and you can stick with it. So in terms of eggs then, there's loads of different egg varieties, uh, variations you can have. That's the good thing about eggs. And some of them are actually pretty quick. I think we can make them seem long in our head, but actually an omelette, for example, if you just make an omelette and you chop up some ham and throw it in there to add a little bit more protein, or you put some smoked salmon in there, or you can even put um, some pre-cooked chicken in there. You don't have to put any of those in. There's some ideas, or you can put some mushrooms or some peppers or some spring onions. You can just fry up those for a couple of minutes, pour the eggs in that have already been whisked. In five minutes, you have a, a great breakfast. So an omelette's a really good one. You can change the filling every day to make it more interesting. So rather than changing the whole breakfast, you just have a little bit of a different filling every day. Um, you can also have egg muffins. So some of our members make their own egg muffins, which are really good. You can have eggs with smoked salmon and avocado. It's like some scrambled eggs, maybe. You can even make egg rolls. Like there's loads of different things you can do with eggs. So find the ones you like and kind of just vary it slightly every day. Um, but they're really high in protein. So eggs are going to keep you full for a long time. You can eat two or three. A lot of people are afraid. They think they have to only eat one or two. Actually fill yourself up on them and you'll be full for hours. So like three eggs is quite a good amount. Um, and then you can make an omelet with that. Um, they're very high in protein. As I said, they're high in um, healthy fats as well. So the fats will help to kind of um, 
signal those hunger hormones we we're talking about earlier fats are good for that as well so don't you don't have to have egg whites if you want to keep the calories down a bit a little bit more if that's right for you like we talked about earlier that is one thing you need to bear in mind you can have some egg whites and some whole eggs so you can kind of do half and half or you can buy like liquid egg whites in a carton and pour those in and then there's this kind of spin-off of that you could also make yourself like a healthy fry up so this doesn't have to include eggs if you don't like eggs but you can do something like the heck chicken sausages, um, I get them most weeks. They are really high in protein and low in calories. Like you can have five sausages and they're about the same as one pork sausage in terms of calories and a lot higher in protein, a lot lower in fat. So you could get those chicken sausages. You could have them with like half an avocado or you could have them with a couple of pieces of bacon if you want that or a couple of pieces of smoked salmon. You can even make your own little um, potato cubes I sometimes will make them like you can you can mix and match different things fried or grilled tomatoes whatever you like just avoid frying too much um that's what I would say so you can like scramble eggs um with minimal or no butter or oil um but that's another really good variation of that and then I'll, I might as well go into the last breakfast ideas the last thing we've got for you is just a simple one is to have a greek yogurt or like a protein yogurt um with berries so if you're okay with dairy and this is something we figure out in our diet makeover process inside our fit over 40 program for every member so we'll we'll figure out if you have any adverse reactions to dairy and if not we'll avoid this one but if you didn't then we can reintroduce stuff like this greek yogurt's really high in protein um although these are low protein yogurts and there's a few different brands kvarg um and then you can put some berries on top and the berries will help introduce some more fiber to it you can even put a few chia seeds or flax seeds on like we talked about before um, and then the, the high protein content from that yogurt will keep you full for hours. And a number of our clients will have that as just a quick, easy go-to breakfast, takes you two minutes, um, and that should fill you up till lunch as well. So those are a load of different breakfast ideas you can experiment with. Hopefully we've given you um, some inspiration there for how to change it if you are eating some of those things we said to avoid. And we actually have an example of a member, I'll let you read this out, Ben, of... Um, a member of ours who changed all the breakfast choices. She mentions it in this uh, in this case study she she did for us. Um, how she changed those and the kind of results she could see as a result of making some of the changes we talked about today. So Ben, why don't you uh, introduce this lady to the listeners? So this is a case study we've got from Emma. So Emma said, before starting Trinity, my clothes were tighter and tighter and I felt self-conscious a lot of the time. I could feel myself getting bigger during the first lockdown. I ended up about a stone too heavy, squeezing into clothes, couldn't work out how to fix it as my weight kept creeping up. I was trying by myself to eat better, but didn't really know what to change. I was doing two HIIT workouts a week during lockdown and daily walks, but not tracking steps. It took me a year to join my first chat with Ben because I was worried I would fail. It's my best friend's 12 year wedding anniversary today and I'm over a stone lighter. I've lost 10 kilos, one and a half stone, and this is the lowest weight I've been, not only since joining Trinity, but since I was a bridesmaid 12 years ago. My lunch and breakfast change forever. No more granola, no more cheese sandwiches and bags of crisps. They have changed immeasurably, but I don't feel like I have to think about it. Being accountable to Rob every week has absolutely been instrumental, and he always knows what to say if I'm having a bad week. So that just goes to show, you know, when you know the right choices to make with your nutrition, when you know the best options for breakfast, best options for lunch, best options for dinner, you can go on to lose one and a half stone in a relatively short period of time, quite quickly and quite easily. And if you'd like to find out more about the exact program that Emma followed, the exact strategy that she used to see these results in her 40s, you can head to www.fit40info.com and grab all of the details on that page.
So that just about wraps it up for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you next week for another episode. We will see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.